Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. Let me tell you what. When you're looking for a spokesman with his finger on the pulse of the South, you come to me. Get the guy from Right, Detroit. Thompson, get the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Pete Thamel. Randy Edsel definitely has a Fauci Cup bonus already written in. <laughs> Randy Edsel. <laughs> and SI's Pat Forty. Maybe I'll be 74 and say, no, I want to still write a column for the weekly neighborhood paper. I don't know, but <laughs> just as long as I don't have to read it. <laughs> <laughs> and here's Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. July 4th, just after the 4th. Hope everyone had a good one. This is our SEC preview podcast. That's right. SEC. Just a little operation down south. Play a little ball. A little mom Before and pop league. A little, little ball. Play, who's playing ball? Who's the ball coach? Before we get to that, though, I have a. I have to bring this up. This is the single most painful quote I've ever read <laughs> coming out of Washington, D.C., Oh, boy. What if you saw this? I mean, I understand there's context, but just reading it, I felt I felt dead inside. <laughs> Dr. Anthony Fauci. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar with his work. <laughs> Slightly. If I see that guy, we're going to fight. <laughs> Quote, bars, really not good, really not good. Congregation... <laughs> At a bar inside is bad news. We really have got to stop that. Uh-oh. Period. End quote. Now, I understand there's a pandemic, but I don't even like such things being voiced. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should move to Arizona, Dan. 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 He could have yeah. added until the pandemic is over. <laughs> don't just make a blanket statement like this. It's going to be misconstrued by future generations. <laughs> <laughs> we found the one way to trigger Dan. That I am ca- triggered. I am rarely news. insulted. Yeah. I'm going to cancel Fauci's <laughs> bar comment. Cancel culture. You can get on a uh, conference call with some OAN reporters. They would probably agree with your Fauci. I'm a, yeah. <laughs> so does that mean are we canceling the Fauci cup if you're that mad at Fauci? No. No. Okay. He's trying to keep us safe. Who Look, invented bar- that? Is that Dan or Pat? Who's line was that? Pat. I, think Pat that was Fauci Pat. I gave it's Dan credit for it. God, the last thing Dan needs <laughs> is more credit. <laughs> Be an uh, accurate reporter, Pete. 
Yeah, I will. Uh, I, there will be a correction. We will do okay. a correction on, on Twitter tomorrow. I will fall. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Well, yeah, trust but verify. Good- I should have trusted that Dan wasn't that clever. <laughs> <laughs> Bars, yeah, for really those for those good. who weren't listening, the Fauci Cup, uh, that's our term for the, the winners of the most positive tests so far. Which football team's? Have the most? Do we do we think Clemson is now in the lead over LSU? It was in the lead. I don't know if they still have their lead. We're gonna have to check that. Yeah, the Fauci Cup. Get your herd immunity early. Get it over with. This is my original thought. I really still feel like I was the I was the the winner on that. But anyway, there's gonna be plenty of SEC schools, SEC speed, including catching infectious diseases. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, I'm going to interrupt you for a second, Dan. So uh, Henry Bushnell and I are working on a story this week about that very notion, like herd immunity and is it positive, whatever. And there was a there was a Pac-12 conference call webinar or whatever on Friday where they brought in like a dozen infectious disease specialists from all the schools. And they had coaches and ADs on to like chat it up about, um, you know, like ask any questions, where with the virus, coming back, whatever. And so anonymously, someone in the Pac-12, be it a coach or an AD, said to the, uh, you know, experts, hey, like, isn't this the best strategy? Like, everybody goes and gets the virus, then we can go play and not have to worry about it. And I was told it was met with, like, awkward silence. Like, nobody wanted to be the one to answer. It's like every single expert on there just completely but politely eviscerated that notion over and over and over and over, uh, including bringing up, which I, I didn't know, but I Googled that for Rudy Gobert, you know, the famous NBA player who in March sort of was, uh, you know, the domino that that ended sports as we know it. He still doesn't have taste. Like he's still really, really? after effects. Yes. And uh, he's athlete zero. Yeah, you know? no, he is athlete. He is athlete zero. And the big worry amongst the experts among young athletes is that it can impact your lung capacity. Um, and lung capacity, obviously, I don't have to talk to uh, the swimmer sire, Pat Forty here. And, uh, you know, Dan has extra room in his lungs to hold his bush light when he golfs. So, like, both of you. It's very know strenuous. Yes. No, both of you know how important lung capacity. So, anyway, I thought that was germane to the Fauci Cup. I don't want people to think we are actually advocating for Dan's hypothetical. Well, I, I'm not advocating for it. Dan can't all he wants. I, you know, I'm just saying it's a strategy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Boomer Esiason must listen to the show, by the way. He was throwing that out there. He thinks that some people are are doing that. He was theorizing. Let me uh, tell you something. Everyone's stealing from this show. Yeah, that's true. What are you going to do? Boomer Esiason. Good point. Trendsetters, you know, you have to deal with that. We're more of a think tank, really. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Influencers. Uh, We're going to have Middle East peace done after we get get rid of this pandemic. So stay tuned. We should have like 50 million TikTok subscribers by now. I mean, I don't. <laughs> this kind of influence. The notion of you two doing a TikTok together, by the way. <laughs> Where's our have you done any with your daughter, Stan? No. Kidding me? I, I do it with Charlie. Charlie D'Amelio. That's it. Only the big timers. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing one with my daughters. They don't I'm have any followers. Sure. I'm pretty sure Clayton. I just checked with my daughter who's sitting right here, and she she does not have TikTok. I don't believe she's old. My son she's too old either. for TikTok. Yeah, she's a, high, too old. she's a college junior. Right, college juniors are too old. Yeah, TikTok is is the it's the it's the language of the young. One of them described it was funny. They described Twitter as TikTok with words. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to date yourself, that's how somebody I don't know who it was. Someone described t- uh, Twitter. So you want the generational divide yeah, of America. It. There you are. So, 
So this would be an artifact, the actual newspaper? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh the newspaper? That's... What is that? That's a yeah. Dead Sea Scroll right there. <laughs> Four score and seven years ago, the Patriots signed Cam Newton. Uh, all right. Uh, so SEC uh, is, uh, you know, uh, our conference. We're a little disappointed. We have a college football podcast and they were supposed to have the first media days as they always do. I think we even discussed it one one glorious time when it was a possibility we would all go and meet up at the SEC Media Days and do the podcast live mm -hmm. in the Hoover Mall or something. Are they still at the mall? <laughs> yeah. yeah, the the the, the Galleria there, the Birmingham yeah, the Galleria. Galleria. Yep. Do it in the food court, you know, yep. by the Orange Orange Julius or something. I love Orange Julius. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's not that healthy, but I like it. We would have started a Popeye's Chick-fil-A just war down there. Oh, man. This oh, was back when America had simpler, simpler problems. Remember when we yeah. used to debate that in this country? Yeah. <laughs> we were worried about the chicken wars dividing yeah. us. Jeez. <laughs> now it's God. bad. Yeah, now, those were better uh, times, man. Better times. Fight over anything. Anyway, they're not doing it. Not only are they not doing it live, they're going to do a virtual media day and somehow they canceled that how do you cancel a virtual media day yeah they had one big I, zoom and they just sent an email and said your calendar's <laughs> been changed not all we're too busy we don't have time i one of my i used to hate sec media day is some of the coaches urban meyer <laughs> did i say that out loud would go to sec media day and then run through the run through the place including the like radio row of all these poor guys that are down there their radio shows trying to get interviews. I'm too, I'm too busy, too busy. I got a plane to catch. It's like it's called media day. <laughs> Sit down and talk to the poor guy. No kidding. You know, rolled in from uh, you know Dothan. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, Jerry and the Gator on Monroe Radio. Just, just <laughs> give him seven minutes, man. Come on. You know, I'm too busy. Too. It's media oh, yeah. day. What are you doing? This is no. the media. That should be the one time, one time we get a little respect, by golly. It was great. Jerry Tipton, who's covered Kentucky basketball since the earth cooled uh, <laughs> a couple of years ago, was trying to ask Calipari some questions. Calipari, like, wasn't answering them. And Tipton said, today is media day. It's not coach day. It's media day. We get to ask the questions we want to ask. I thought that was great. <laughs> that is, that's vintage salty Jerry Tipton. Right there. Oh, yeah. I wasn't expecting to have to talk to the local sports radio, <laughs> except I'm walking down radio row at media day. It's July 8th, coach. What are you doing? <laughs> Sit down with Jerry and the Gator. I mean, one of the great things about the SEC is there's all these radio shows like Jerry and the Gator. Right. Right. They're just everywhere talking SEC football all the time. This is why you make you know, $11 million a year, whatever you're getting paid. Just throw him a bone, man. These poor guys are like, coach, 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 yeah. please. Just Dan still actually goes on that show to talk about death of the BCS because they yeah. actually haven't realized it in Monroe there's a playoff yet. So Dan still <laughs> Dan still gets some royalties. He can squeeze a couple cases of bush light out of his royalties from Jerry and the Gator. So I had a PR, the, the publisher of death of the BCS, the PR uh, professional, this woman, uh, booked all these things. I did 289 radio shows. Did you really? On Death to the BCS. No Holy joke. Holy moly. Wow. 
Wow. Every day was media day when I'm selling a book, baby. <laughs> By the way, uh, you could buy the Epic Athletes collection. Uh, it's great for your children during the summer vacation. Gator really liked the Steph Curry one, right? Steph Curry's really good. Tom Brady, yeah. Patrick Mahomes coming out soon. Yeah. Mm. Simone Biles. Yeah, you go check it out. Yeah, it's uh-huh. right there on, on the Amazon. That should, that should, they just bought yourself another case of bush light right there. I mean, somebody's got to pay for this thing. <laughs> I'm not asking for a lot. I'm looking for 30 beers for $16.99, and I think you guys can help. Come on, people. Anyway, that media day was great, though, when they had it, real or virtual. The crowd of autograph people in the lobby of that hotel why it was in suburban Birmingham never made a whole lot of sense. That media capital of the world. <laughs> it, but that added to the charm. There was more houndstooth sold in that mall. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yep. I just, the I Bama store. If- yeah, like you come out of the uh, you're in the upper level where Radio Row is and you come out of the little tunnel and and right there is the Bama store and there used to be an Auburn store there too I'm not sure that that one's still there but I mean it was like boom if you if you get through the Radio Row gauntlet the first thing you see after that is Houndstooth Central and that's where you know you are at media days can I make a confession you bought some you bought some Houndstooth no I've never been to SEC media day what you know why they're a complete waste of time with terrible access they are. It's, it's a spectacle. No, it's a total spectacle, and it's a total scene. And so many people wrote the scene of SEC Media Days that that almost became like a mockery. But forget that. Especially, I texted Sankey when he moved it to the the week after July Fourth. I was like, "Have fun, man. You're never seeing me there again." Like, remember when the SEC started getting its NFL calendar overreach? Oh yeah, and like oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I live in Massachusetts. We got like three weeks, good weeks to go on vacation a year here. All right. (laughs) I'm not going to fly to Birmingham for four days to wait around for the Vanderbilt coach. Like in the middle of July when, again, certain parts of America, obviously we do a twice weekly college football podcast. I just like, (laughs) and no place I ever worked really ever like got on me about going. So I would just go to the ones where you can actually talk to the coaches. Like that was my, you know, it's not, they televise the thing. There's nothing more useless than a televised media day if you have to go spend three nights in a hotel in Alabama, it doesn't make any sense. So I've, 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 I've just been my silent protest. If you're going to have your media day that early in July and you're going to make it that long and that much of a spectacle, you can do without me. And you know what? They've done just fine without me. I'm, I'm not saying that. But I've just, well, I've never yeah, been- they're not going on. They're not pushing it back this year on your account. We know that. Correct. But nope. Uh, nope. There's there's no. But doubt. I mean, is the access that much better to be a Big Ten media day? You can. You can. How does he know? How does he yeah, know? Yeah, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. He hasn't been. Forget it. No, Some of us You just I've said you've all... never been to SEC media days. I've never. I've been to all the other media days at least three or four times. If you've never been, been to, to the SEC, you can't compare posts. it. You cannot compare it. You are prejudiced against SEC media days. Yes, <laughs> I am. I will admit it. Bias. I am. I've been told over and over how terrible the access is because it's just what Dan said. The coaches fly in, get there seven minutes before, and they leave right after. So there's just little time to actually like. I would now. Do I go through SEC towns and campuses in the preseason to see the coaches and players? Absolutely. I just think it's a more efficient use of time. So I've never, uh, I've never been to SEC media days, and my career goal is to never go. First off, you can absolutely talk to coaches. It's just the Vanderbilt coach, whoever's an interim coach, and occasionally someone who's like <laughs> hanging on for their job. The good coaches, no. You're not allowed to yeah. talk to them at media day. I did have a long sit down with Hugh Freeze in the in the uh, K 
category of coaches who are hanging on to their jobs. Yeah, yeah they, they uh, get friendly. I'm sure that was pleasant. I'm sure he was delighted to see you. <laughs> he asked for the meeting. Uh, well, okay. I've always wondered. It is a slice of uh, something. I mean, some of us, <laughs> some of us appreciate, uh, you know, a couple days in 98 degree humidity, <laughs> food courts at a bad mall. <laughs> and uh, and the charms of a uh, South Birmingham suburb. Little know, Hoover goes like. a long way. Believe now, Birmingham is, a, is an underrated food town. There's some good places to eat there. I like so Birmingham. Birmingham, you a can good get town. some good meals at uh, at in July in this. But every state have a Birmingham, right? That's the song lyric. All right, but I always wondered because there are crazy people at this, and there's too much houndstooth, and there's all this mayhem. I just, not that it's probably likely that someone would just show up from another country and find themselves to whatever that hotel is in Burma in a Hoover. The wind, but like if yep. if one just wandered through, like you're just like some Japanese businessman or German businessman, and you just happen to be staying at this place, and you walk in and you go. What in the ever living is this? <laughs> this woman is head to toe in 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 houndstooth, screaming for Coach Saban to come down the escalator and sign <laughs> her baby's head. <laughs> yeah, that's it. The yeah, the the lobby crowd is something you do not get anywhere else, uh, and that's why the SEC is what it is. Is you just get this this crazy slice of fandom down there that is is hilarious and disturbing at the same time it's i mean there's auburn will bring its people and then you know some tennessee there will be a few florida will be a few georgia will be a few maybe you know a kentucky basketball fan gets lost and ends up there but when it's bama day oh my goodness it's unbelievable well, if I want a Star Wars bar, I'll just watch Star Wars. I uh, I haven't been to. I will confess, I'm more on Pete's side. I haven't been in a long time. Uh, the, the last time was Urban Meyer walking through Radio Row, literally just just ignoring the calls from every single poor guy who's convinced his his uh, program director this was a worthy use of station money. <laughs> See, this is where I have to confess to the Jedi mind tricks I played on Pat when we worked together at Yahoo. I'd be like, man, Pat, you really, I mean, I don't think I can handle SEC media today. It's too big of a stage for me. You you should oh, really, right. you know, there's yeah, so many big yeah, issues there. You should really go tackle it. That's and, uh, always been self-effacing Pete to say that. <laughs> yes, no doubt about it. It's too big right. for me. Yeah. I mean, you live in that, you live in that footprint. You have such a better mm -hmm. feel for those programs and coaches. And then I'll be like, yeah, look forward to reading your column when I get home from the beach. <laughs> hey, it's two days too long, but it's pretty worthwhile to be there, in my opinion. First of all, you got 14 schools all there at one time. If I don't want to take a week driving through the South, then I've got all of them right there in two days. So now four days, four days is too many. Usually I'm out after three. The fourth day, you're going to get like one worthwhile coach, and then that, that's where we're going to throw in Vandy or Kentucky when Kentucky's three and nine or the new coach at Arkansas. Yeah. All right. Well, let me just say this. State of the conference. Yeah. State of the conference. Because that's what we're supposed to be doing here. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I'm going to go out on a limb and say really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> Your Bold. thoughts, gentlemen. Hot take. Hot take. Right the there. SEC is good at football. My take, my column. So if if they could just envelop Clemson, they could they could break away. They could probably secede from America actually if they got if they got Clemson in the SEC at this point. They're uh, yeah no I mean look it's it's pretty clear who the who the top league is and 
the SEC really had that push when the Mississippi schools got really good there, when it was like top to the bottom, really good. How good is it? To, I mean, we're, we're, you know, zits on the Mona Lisa right now, right? But like, how good is it top to bottom right now? I don't know if it's at places where it's been in the last decade, but certainly like, I mean, Alabama has a three loss season and it's like an apocalypse, right? Auburn is, you know, was as good last season under Gus really as it has been other than the year that they went to the title. Uh, Florida is back resembling Florida again. Georgia is clearly being maximized or closer to maximized under Kirby Smart than it, than it was under Mark Rick. The Mississippi schools are interesting, but they're not going to be that good for a while, although at least we'll miss has a little momentum with the with with the quarterback. LSU just won the title and they're like the fifth the fifth program I've mentioned. So yeah, I I think right now, I mean, this is the, these are the the glory days of the SEC and they're they're continuing with just mild fluctuations uh, of their greatness. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It added another layer, I think, to the league's dominance to have LSU win a title because for a while there, and justifiably so, people had said, well, it's Bama, and then it's everybody else. LSU just went 15-0 and and trampled everyone. Uh, one of the more impressive seasons we've seen. So it's not just Alabama and everyone else. Nice LSU. Auburn has won a title a decade ago, had played for another one. Georgia played in a championship game against Alabama. Uh, so you've got four leagues or four teams right there that have at least have played in a championship game in the last decade or less that in the in the playoff era, right? Nobody else nobody else has that. I think half the league can has a rightful idea that they can win a national championship. Right. And yeah. so Alabama, obviously, Auburn. Now, I'm not talking about this year. I mean, if you get your, right. your crap together, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, for sure. Florida has done it. Georgia. And I'm going to say uh, Tennessee still. I think Tennessee could. There you go, Sully. There's your bone. I think Tennessee <laughs> can get get that momentum if it gets the right coach and the right thing. And I think A&M can. Yeah. I think those seven could win national champions, could be a national championship. And you wouldn't be stunned. Now, let me just say this: if the if you're on the other side, maybe you're in Arkansas, or maybe you're a I don't know South Carolina, I don't know whatever school you're going. If I had made this list ten years ago, I wouldn't have put Clemson on a list of saying they can win a national championship. So anything's possible. But I think at any of those seven schools, when you're hiring a coach or you're looking at what what is our ceiling, you're saying, yeah, we should win the nat- we can win a national championship. I think if you're at Kentucky or you're at uh, Vanderbilt or, you know, certainly the other leagues, Purdue, you're not sitting there saying, well, we should win a national title. It's, let's get to 10 and two sometimes and things like that. No other conference has a, half the league with, with a legit shot. And let me put it this way. Eh, I mean, no, not, not all this year, but it, it's not out of the question that four or five a year don't go in thinking they can win it. Yeah. And including, you know, I don't know this year that, that might be too many, but Look, Alabama is going to be very, very good, shockingly. Georgia is going to be very, very good. Florida, very good. LSU lost a lot, but they've been recruiting like monsters. A&M has the talent, could make a push up. Auburn has a second year with Bo Nix at quarterback. So, you know, right there, six of your seven. Sorry, Sully, I'm not going to throw Tennessee into that mix yet. But six of your seven, you know, I think six, six of those seven could make a be in the top 15, and some of them are going to be higher than that. And a couple of them maybe in the top five. Last uh, of recent years, it, it aver- the average eight teams a year in the top 25 of recruiting Yeah, uh, most years, uh, over the last five years. So 
And look at NFL draft picks, 63 from the SEC. That was 15 more than the Big Ten. Uh, and nearly twice as many as the Pac-12. Total dominance, money, they got it. Fans, they got it. Controlling of their market. I mean, it, I just think the SEC at this point has become, it's almost like the soundtrack of the South. Like, it, it, I, I don't think there's anything else in college sports that dominates a region. You know, like back in the day, maybe you had like Tobacco Road basketball, or maybe there's some, you know, gee, I don't know, some hockey league in the North Dakota or something. I don't know. But like, I was I was doing something on NASCAR and it was so I was talking to a guy about NASCAR is about like, you know, why isn't NASCAR as popular? And I, I, I literally think back in the day, everyone had a favorite driver and, and the drivers were these soap opera stars like that. You, you know, there were rivalries and you knew this guy was like this and this guy had a nickname. I think the, the SEC coaches told all that. Yeah. You know, now it's yeah. like, oh, hey, you know, we got we got Lane Kiffin back, you know, got yeah. characters like that. Coach O. They, Right, yeah. Coach O. These are these are just authentic characters. Yep. And they're they're roaming around whether they're winning or not. Everyone's got an opinion. You know, all the coaches or most of them, and it goes back and forth. And I, I just think they like the SEC stole stole NASCAR's act. <laughs> yeah, that is a good point. That is. Have you written that, that column, Dan? That's a good column. Let me tell you what. <laughs> when you're looking for a spokesman with his finger on the pulse of the South, you come to me. Get the guy from right, Detroit. Thompson. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that rant was brought to you by Tailgate Guys. When I go to Alabama LSU, I use Tailgate Guys. Let me tell you about the Tailgate Guys. If those <laughs> those guys would even give me a ten percent discount, I'd be all singing their praises on here. And you could still refund. You know, no man, those poor guys. Jeez. Yeah. How about that business, man? Oh, you're the tailgate oh, guys. Man. You set up tents at Alabama. You're like, this business will never, ever die. Oh, yeah. yeah. And now, yeah. Oh, How about I feel that? so bad for A me. year later, they yeah. may God. die. Oh, yeah. so I don't want tents, my money you have back. Massive but... storage bills, right? If you're the tailgate yeah. guys, you just have massive storage bills. Yeah. And they're piling up, and you got, oh, man, they feel awful for that. I feel There's, bad for yeah. all of these people. You know, I would think like the tailgate guys probably would do a bonkers business at, say, graduation. Nobody had a graduation. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that, too. They've been getting they have, they're, they're not just at Alabama. They're at I everything. know. I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Nobody had they a graduation. They really was great. Yeah. There I were no they, graduations. They crush it in SEC baseball, too. Oh, yeah. Sure. LSU, Mississippi State, places like yeah, that. Yeah, sure. For those who missed, I, I went with a bunch of my friends for a, a bachelor party of a guy who still hasn't gotten actually married. <laughs> my hero. LSU Alabama game last year, and I paid like 650 bucks for a tent. <laughs> and it was worth every damn penny. And a table and a bag of ice. Like you got a bag of ice and a cooler, <laughs> a table and a tent. That was it. Maybe a chair. All right, let's get to the contenders this year. I, or I don't know what. What as you go into this? How about this? Let's do this. The king of the the king of the league is Nick Saban. He has, I think, I wouldn't say he transformed the league, but he certainly has defined the league in a lot of ways. Uh, his assistants are all over the league. He built up LSU. Then he left. I don't know if LSU is LSU right now without Saban. Then he builds up Alabama that had been treading water for a while and. Now you've got where's his assistants are where everywhere uh, they're at they're at Georgia uh, Georgia Tennessee Tennessee South Carolina South Carolina uh, Texas A and M Ole Miss does Dan Pittman ever take, have a cup of coffee with Nick He worked everywhere live. man He's I mean, worked everywhere 
Yeah, I don't know. So. Anyway, this is this is the since Bear Bryant this is the biggest figure. I mean, I think Steve Spurrier obviously is a huge figure in the league and changing from when they used to play six to three games. Lots of <laughs> lots of good tackling, <laughs> good tackling between the tackles. That's right. Uh, ball coach changed the game, but uh, I think Nick Saban's the icon, man. He's the king. Yep. He's sixty-eight. Going to be 69 in the fall. So, I sorry to do this, Alabama fans. He's going to take the Giants job this time. No, I'm only kidding. Nah. <laughs> um, he almost did take the Giants job once. He almost did mm-hmm. take the Giants job. He always, they always say, he ain't even looking. Yeah. He's looking. It was a long yeah. time ago. Um, <laughs> He's kicked some tires. Yeah. It might have been like when Coughlin got I mean, it. was a long time. It might have been before Coughlin. It might have been Jim Fossil got it. Being the Giants coach is a good job. Anyway, yeah. he's still there. He's, I think he'll retire at Alabama. I thought he he had his chance to move a couple years ago. Didn't. I think this is it. But how much longer does he go? 69. I, you know, he he's looks like he's in great shape. Uh, he looks energized. His team's really good. Recruiting's great. Does he go five years? Does he go two years? Does he go ten? What do you think? Man, well, uh, let's I, I do mean- some reckless speculation. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Pete. Lead the reckless speculation. Well, I mean, if you want reckless speculation, clearly the pandemic has been a ploy by the rest of the SEC West to get rid of Saban because his age puts him in the immunocompromised age range, right? I mean, uh, you know, it's a good question. He is like the joke is he's a robot and he's a cyborg. And the people who've worked with Saban, who are, you know, probably half of college football at this point and half the NFL, will tell you like they can't fathom him do anything else. I had a former Saban assistant tell me once, I've never met anyone in life who loves doing their job every day more than Nick Saban loves doing his job. Like there is just a genuine passion. Like, ah, oh, coaches all the time be like, man, when I'm done with this, when I'm done with that, no. Nick Saban, and he kind of has it rolling right now. I mean, with with these staffs, the size that they are, the recruiting staffs, I mean, he's got how many former head coaches and analysts right now? Mike Stoops, Butch Jones, Charlie Strong, Major Applewhite. So like four pretty functional head coaches at the end of the day. Sully, don't chime in here. Fairly, fairly functional head Maybe coaches. Maybe functional at Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. As, you know, on on staff being paid, like, you know, you can you can do this job longer now because the staffs are so much bigger. So I, I would set the over-under on remaining Nick Saban years at five and a half. No, that's a long time. That's Now you're setting that as the over-under. I'll take the under just because uh, and maybe this is almost like, I don't know. I don't even want to see guys most guys. Like if you're 74, stop. Maybe I'll be 74 and say, no, I want to still write a column for the weekly neighborhood paper. I don't know. But <laughs> just as long as I don't have to read it. <laughs> be, a college be, football, only? be a college football head coach at 74. Oh, I mean, Krzyzewski's what, 73? So, I mean, it's not. You know, it's not out of the not out of the realm, but Saban just crossed the Bear Bryant line. Bear retired when he was sixty nine, okay. so he's he's right and there. Then Bear was dead very shortly thereafter. Yeah, yeah. see what that uh, got a him. great coach uh, coach age line. Uh, I was in a story on Kelvin Sampson last year. I went up to see him when they were playing UConn, and I said, "Hey, Kelvin, how old are you?" 63, or as I like to tell people, 10 years younger than Jim Beheim. (laughs) (laughs) Five and a half, I got to take the under. I don't think you'd be a good, I don't think you'd be an odds maker. You bet bet on Nick Saban being human, and I'll I'll collect money uh, in Hoover. I'll I'll fly to Hoover. I'll see you in five and a half years at the the Hoover Hotel. Yeah. Okay, meet me there. 
I'll nope. totally be there. No problem doing mm-hmm. that. Uh, What's the record, honestly? Is it Bill Snyder? He was Snyder 106, was, actually, he was, when he retired. Absolutely. <laughs> Snyder. Then, how old was Bobby Bowden? Bowden was ancient. Paterno oh, was Joe ancient. Oh, Paterno was 85. He died when he died. He was eighty-five. Is probably he he was done at eighty-four as a coach. See, that's he coached till he's eighty-four. Come on, you it's, know insane. Four hundred and nine and one thirty-six, <laughs> dude. At eighty-four, his team was eight and one when they he got fired. Yeah, yeah. No, their only I mean, loss was to Alabama at home when Saban were, wouldn't run it up out of like dignity. Yeah, yeah, no, they were winning in his later years. Like Pete said, like they, he he dipped for a while, and then all of a sudden they brought it back and uh, got recruiting going. And Pete, it might even have been that same year, or maybe it was 05. I was there when they played at Michigan State, uh, and they won the Big Ten title. And I followed Paterno. He runs off the field. He runs on, he runns off. Not very fast, but he still did it, even in his you know late 70s, early 80s, whatever it was at that point. And I'm like, I run behind him. And for there's a brief moment where the he is in the locker room by himself and I am standing outside the locker room looking or looking like, what's Joe Paterno going to do? Is he going to throw a fist in the air? He just won a Big Ten title. Pulls out his handkerchief, blows his nose and wipes his glasses, wipes the steam off his glasses. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Quite a lead, Pat. <laughs> That's, I'm like... Okay, when you've won enough times, that's what you do. Do whatever the hell you want, I guess. Unfortunately, that's what kind of did them in. All right, let's get back to the SEC. Yeah, back to the SEC. So, uh, all right, less than five and a half. Do you think Dabo Sweeney would replace Nick Saban? I think there's still a strong tug of Alabama to him. You know, I think I'm not sure he would do it, but but it would it would be a, a strong tug of the heartstrings for him having been a, not only a graduate, but a native of the state who grew up loving Alabama. But do you want to be the guy that follows that guy? I mean, there's some there's some following the guy, but that guy, he's going to, you know, Saban will leave on equal footing with Bear Bryant. I mean, he may not quite have the Southern persona that Bryant did, but in terms of achievement, he will leave on the same footing or maybe more if he coaches five more years and wins two or three more titles. But I don't know whether you want to follow that guy. I I, I would say this. Dabo looks about, looks at it, thinks really hard, and says no. So here's this thought. We're five, six years from now. ACC revenues are dwindling, right? Like they signed that 20-year TV deal, which was way too long. Dabo, if we go by my terrible odds, would be going into year 17 or 18 at Clemson. That is a long time to spend at one place. And we just saw a little bit, even with all the great success he has, Dabo hasn't had like a great last six weeks, you know? So I just think like, it's hard to ask that question in vacuum. Like if he's been there 15 plus years and it's just, you, you can't barely spend, I mean, how many coaches right now have been at their place more than 20 years? You know, Kirk Ferentz. That's it. He's the longest tenure. So. Yeah, and and I think it's twenty one, and I don't I don't know. It fits is close to there, maybe, but not quite. Yeah, right. um, so He's yeah, nice. so anyway, like I just think that question gets reframed by time. So just to be completely contrarian, as I, I was, I dis, I agreed with Pat too much on the last podcast. I want to I want to start disagreeing more so I can be right. Um, I think that Dabo takes a long look and does go if it's five years from now. Wow, That's, he this had is- a bad six weeks. 
to people outside Clemson, nobody in Clemson thinks he had a bad six yeah. six. What's this bad? This is this, these are the bad weeks. He's doing yeah. all right. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if he gets a Fauci Cup he's, bonus in his yeah, contract. He's I leading like, the Fauci Randy Cup. Randy Edsel definitely has a Fauci Cup bonus already written in. <laughs> Randy Edsel. <laughs> 2000 bucks, whatever. If I get enough guys infected with the coronavirus. He might I even have like bucks. Uh, tears of it if we're first on July 1st. If we're first on August 1st. If I make the top 10 in a single week. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, uh, old, you got to get drop football because then we'd have to stop making Randy Edsel contract <laughs> jokes, and that would be a crime. So Here I we do are. Not want New England United Dan Wetzel's uh, unification of UMass and UConn to happen. For uh, I don't think we'd have the same contract malfeasance available. <laughs> that it would be much, much more wisely uh, dictated. Our podcast is so stupid that even in the middle of the SEC <laughs> preview, we're talking about UMass and UConn. All right. <laughs> <laughs> they are the greatest punchlines going, though. I think it's all about. This is, let me let me put this in 1978 Southern newspaper columnist uh, jargon. What does Dabo do if Mama calls? That's what they always say. <laughs> See, right? That, that that that's the lead of like the Macon Gazette or something. Well, Cecil Hurd will still be covering him. So. Yeah, Cecil Hurd will do. Mama called. Got to got to go back to Alabama. That's right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what he does. I, I I do think that after 17 years, sometimes you want a different challenge. But by that point, he may have won five straight more national titles and, and Fauci Cups and be considered the genius. Who knows? He could um, be the first $20 million coach at Alabama. Or at Clemson, either way. If he yeah, stayed. no, I mean, Clemson will pay him. But, like, Alabama has that bottomless pit of SEC money. I mean, but at that point, is Alabama making twice as much as Clemson? Like that, that gap is real. And that's, I'm doing back of the napkin, somewhat uh, unresearched math there, but it's a big, big gap. And you are going to, the, the problem with, with Clemson at that point, they're going to start to feel that revenue difference from Alabama's and the Georgia's and the Florida's. Like as, the, as they pull away revenue wise, that's going to get more and more real. All right, let's do this. We're going to concede that Saban is the king of the SEC. Number one coach, lifetime achievement award. Let's say Coach Saban shocks the world, and we don't want this. We love Coach Saban. He gives us plenty of material. If I, I don't want to live in a world where he's not adjusting that Diet Coke for every week for his <laughs> press conference <laughs> and yelling at reporters for not taking Louisiana Monroe serious. That's right. A lot of good players up. over there. Are we shifting um, from a uh, UMass podcast to a Louisiana Monroe podcast? I feel like we really need to have a Southern <laughs> bent here, right? right? This is why yeah. I know that NASCAR thing, because I think like a Southerner. <laughs> All right. Here we go. So let's say Alabama is suddenly with an open job. Yep. And and the rules are you can only hire a current SEC coach to coach the Alabama Crimson Tide, and any of the coaches would come. So don't, and this is hypothetical, so don't at me with the. <laughs> yeah. They will. Will Muschamp really loves it over here in Columbia? Okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay, they got to go. Go. Who do you hire? What is your list of the remaining 13 coaches? Which coach would you take to coach the Crimson Tide? And we don't need, like, age shouldn't be too big of a factor. I think actually all these guys look like they could coach another, you know, five. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, there's there's only one really old dude in the, in the league. Okay. So you're hiring based on who you think would do the best job, not sex appeal. So sorry, Sam Pittman. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Not age, 
Not no. What do you got? Who's number one after that? Should Let's we rank do them. this? Should we read our lists or should we all do one and then two and then three, four, five? Oh, wait, maybe like a draft? Should we do a yeah. snake draft? Not, not oh, a draft. Yeah. A draft. Yeah. draft that, that, that's an unfair advantage to whoever gets to pick first. No, I just say we just all pick our one slot and then yeah. discuss it. Then I'll pick our two slot and then discuss it. Yeah. Okay. No, because well, okay. well, no, we don't want to have like 10 discussions of Sam Pittman. <laughs> three discussions. You get one snake drafted. What do you mean unfair? This is a totally ridiculous <laughs> hypothetical summer <laughs> podcast topic. Well, I don't want to have to make a case for like the third best guy. If I'm picking last. Now you know how all your emailers feel, Pat it's, 40. It's how did so you difficult. leave Bowling Green out of the back? <laughs> I, I do, however Pat wants to do. Pat, you get to pick first. Yeah. All right. Now I like it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who do I'm, you got? Pat I'm picking 40. Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen first. Um, I mean, if you can win like he did at Mississippi State, you're good. And he's got Florida going the right way. Florida will win the SEC East in the next few years. Uh, and that's even with Georgia, I think, at a, operating at a high level. They're going to be able to beat them one of these years and be the SEC East champion. Uh, he's got, quite frankly, big enough britches to handle it. You know, he's a very confident guy. I don't think he would walk in there and say, oh my gosh, I don't want to follow Nick. He's a quarterback guy, so he'll recruit well. That's no disrespect to some other really accomplished guys in the league. Because Mullen hasn't yes, it played in a Yes, player. it is. It's okay, disrespectful. It is. Fine. It's disrespectful. You pick Mullen over the there. The other guys have. What's but. Mullen's record against Kirby Smart? Georgia, Florida, head-to-head. He's 0-3. Yeah, well, he hadn't had enough players yet. It also he, would he allow he Urban took Myers. Over a, a smorgasbord of trouble from uh, from Jim McElwain. So. The Urban it's Meyer. Bad when you can't remember the former Florida coach's name. Not bad you don't remember. It's bad for the former Florida coach. <laughs> Urban Meyer tree sprouts in Tuscaloosa. That'd be pretty fun. All right. Dan Mullen is off the board. Okay. He does a great two two things about him. He does a great uh, cousin Eddie impression. And Pat and I have a soft spot in our heart yeah. for Dan Mullen because he would often come on our old national radio show, including the time he discussed. His chicken wing eating contest. Remember that one? <laughs> right. Accomplished chicken wing eater. I really think that's how he got. It was really the the reach of our old radio show into the recruit, hearts of recruits across America <laughs> that helped him. Either that or developing Doc Prescott. All right. Number two pick. Um, Damon, also a huge Red Sox fan, by the way, as is uh, as is Ryan Day. So you could you could conceivably have two Red Sox fans uh, go, going at it in the national title game at some point, which would only increase the insufferability, the wonderful insufferability of Red Sox fans. I would take Kirby Smart and I would have taken Kirby Smart number one in part because that record in part because he's been there, knows Alabama, knows what it takes to win there, knows any gray areas that may need to be entered for recruiting. And he could hire his <laughs> old buddy, Will Muschamp. <laughs> as the defensive coordinator because Will Muschamp's on his way out. And then he would promise to not consult Will Muschamp on hiring offensive coordinators because Will Muschamp has been historically bad at hiring offensive coordinators <laughs> at both Georgia, I'm sorry, at both South Carolina and Florida. But I think Kirby is, how long was he there? He was there 10 plus years as, as an assistant coach. I, I feel like that is one of those Big programs, a lot of tentacles. You really have to you have to know it. And so certainly he's not as accomplished as Jimbo Fisher. He's not won a title like Ed Orgeron. He's not nearly as quirky as Mike Leach, but I would take Kirby Smart. He is the he is the safe, obvious pick. Did you just 
indicate that there may be some gray areas in recruiting at Alabama? I, no! I, I thought I might have heard that. I don't know. Did I say that out loud? I mean, <laughs> we're doing an SEC. We're doing an SEC preview. If we do not acknowledge gray areas recruiting in an SEC preview, it has clearly been commissioned by Greg Sankey, who would, by the way, would even himself acknowledge gray areas in SEC recruiting. All he's got to do is look at who's under investigation and or has been punished lately. You ain't anyway. rubbing, you ain't racing. That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I got two. I think that also concludes. That takes Muschamp off the board too. <laughs> Pete just fired him, and do we really want to have a long Muschamp discussion? <laughs> I mean, in, in his defense, he's gotten himself fired. Let Let's just assume you were not taking Muschamp with the I third wasn't, pick. Right, Muschamp's off the board too. Uh, double, <laughs> double barrel <laughs> shot by <laughs> Pete Damel. I mean, I thought Muschamp would have been a good eleventh or twelfth pick here. <laughs> good value play. Late round Double selection, <laughs> undrafted free agent. <laughs> Muschamp. All right. Uh, so I got Jimbo Fisher national title. I got, uh, and I have Ed Orgeron national title. I I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw a little salt into this. I'm gonna throw a little spice in. I'm taking Mark Stoops. Ooh. All right. Okay. Done a fabulous job at the University of Kentucky. Mm -hmm. University of Kentucky had nothing going for it. They're pretty damn good. And I think they're going to be very good this year. Steady. Bang it out. Used to be at Florida State. Recruit the South. Recruit the Midwest. He could bring in all sorts of Stoops brothers to be assistant coaches. <laughs> <laughs> Stoops only staff. All right. Stoops okay. everywhere. Bob yeah. Stoops. What was the other Stoops? Who's Mike that? Stoops. Mike Stoops. Cooper Stoops. No, there's oh, a brother. Person. There is a brother in Youngstown who is the coach. He was the defensive coordinator at Cardinal Mooney. <clears throat> okay, yeah. got that. Maybe make Cooper Manning so you get his kid quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that's know. a good idea, actually. Bring pay, just make Archie the coach. Better than anyway. Cooper I'm taking 40. Mark Stoops with my first round pick. There you go. Take okay. that. It's outside the, the box. Well, the only Dan problem there. Drink free in Lexington. That's it. Pretty much yeah. it. I don't know whether the let's go recruit Ohio and Michigan strategy is going to fly in. Uh, Alabama. No, uh, we got good three star from uh, Lori in Ohio. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Pat. I'm, we're not going to snake draft this. I will concede because okay. you're so ornery about this thing. I'll let you get the first <laughs> pick again. Good, good. All right. Um, I'm taking Jimbo next. Uh, some reservation there. I just look. Coach O is a Louisiana product. Coach O's magic is Louisiana, so I, I just don't. I think you take him out of Louisiana, and you get you get what you got at Mississippi, which was not very good. So now I'm not saying he would flop like that, but I would feel a little more sure taking Jimbo, who uh, has won at Florida State and is I do think will eventually get A and M into the top ten. So I'm, I'm taking Jimbo there. It's another guy that's he's a Saban guy. I mean, he knows how Saban ran things. Would probably. Hugh pretty closely to running the same way. So give me Jimbo round two. Well, I mean, it would be it would be boring if I picked Coach O here. I have a much, much more exciting candidate for the Alabama job with my second round pick. I'm taking Lane Kiffin. Damn. Can you imagine? Lane Kiffin. Can you imagine? Oh my. <laughs> spectacle. Can you imagine the migraines Greg Byrne would have every single day? <laughs> Can you imagine the locks on the sorority house doors and how big they'd have to be? I mean, it would just be the most wondrous moment in the history of college football. Lane Kiffin rolled into Tuscaloosa and they'd win. 
because it's hard to screw that job up. And Lane is a gifted play caller. Um, yeah, I am. I am taking Lane Kiffin as the next head coach at Alabama. Fire the Lane fired train. by the current head coach at Alabama. <laughs> Which is just, you know, it's it all it's all for the story. Can you imagine the SEC network doing like one of those like like over romanticized documentaries? The dark days before the Washington game. Lane was distracted and showed up late to meetings. But it's a redemption tale, Pat. Everyone can grow. Everyone oh, can there burn. you go. We need more redemption tales. Joey Freshwater returns to the bar scene. <laughs> Tuscaloosa. <laughs> yeah. I, the I lane think. train would be fun. And he uh, really, I mean, you can't screw up the Alabama job. It's a lot like if you got to be the head coach of USC. How the hell could you lose there, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. He's learned, Dan. He's learned. <laughs> which which tarmac in the south this lane, does the lane train get, get derailed? That's what I want to know. All right. Lane Kiffin. I wanted to pick him. I'm a little bitter. That's all right. Me and Coach O. I don't care. There you go. Got to roll I don't care. Though. Last time. Where did what last time? Where did Alabama do? It went and got the LSU old coach Nick Saban. True. Yep. Now we get Coach O, bring him in. We coming, roll tide. <laughs> I don't know. I'm with Pat. You take him out of that job, the voodoo is going to wear off, and he's going to turn into I, a frog or something. Oh, take the gator out of the swamp. It don't work. But <laughs> Coach O, uh, let me put it this way: If we're going to take a discarded USC coaches, I'm taking Coach O over the lane train. That's it. So, all right. I, I wanted to pick Mike Leach. <laughs> well, I you had a chance. Like, like I was but trying to didn't. think of what would be a bigger spectacle, Lane or Mike. And I landed on Lane somewhat with his familiarity there. Uh, but, like, Mike Leach there would be, like, beyond. Like, Mike Leach has never worked at a have. He has only worked at have-nots. Mike Leach is the single best bad job coach in modern college football history. And that is an inarguable point. There's listen, not listen. been a better bad job coach of this of this generation. We don't need a soliloquy about your decision making. This isn't a 30 for 30 on the uh, why you picked. So I just had to be fascinating. That's all. I thought we were only doing five. Well, so. No, no, we're doing all of them. Oh, we're doing, doing all, all of them. Are oh. we? Yeah. Oh, Pat, geez, Pat, I, I just, Stepping I just on Pat's toes. Yeah. Yeah. Pat, you picking Mike Leach? Okay, no, I'm not taking Mike Leach. I'm taking the only guy in the league who has beaten Nick Saban three times. And if you're saying that he'll go... And if Alabama people can stand to have the Auburn coach, you go get Gus Malzahn. Beat him this last time. Beat him in, uh, what was it, 2018? Or 2017? Uh, Beating him three times, I believe, head-to-head. I will take the Gus bus. There are are three Waffle Houses in uh, Tuscaloosa. (laughs) So I think uh, that would work. Get it done. Uh, So I could take Leach. I could take Jeremy Pruitt. Take my man Sam Pittman. Derek Mason and uh, or Eli Drinkwitz. I do love Pittman, but he hasn't actually won a game yet. Uh, Derek Mason uh, had a moment or two, but that's not so much. Pruitt, the the Pruitt experience, I don't know. I'm still mad at Eli for not capitalizing on the Lake of the Ozarks as a recruiting tool. (laughs) I guess I'm taking Coach Leach, the pirate. Pirate sails down the, what is it, the Black Warrior River? Yeah. That's it. You rise on boat, rise by ship. He really, it, it, the, the press conferences would change dramatically. Would there be a oh, happier person goodness. than Cecil Hurt? Yeah. Instead of getting yelled at for every question, all of a sudden you could sit there and say, uh, which SEC coach could beat a bear up in a fist fight? <laughs> coach Leach. And get an answer. Yeah. Yeah. 
So Mike Leach off the table. Okay. All right. Anybody want these other guys? So who we have left? <laughs> Pruitt, Pruitt, Eli, Muschamp, Derek Mason, and uh, my and man you, Sam Pittman. Pittman. You eliminated yep. Muschamp early. I did. <laughs> yeah. I Collateral. Did. I, yeah. Scrap. yeah. I'm pretty sure it was like did. a sandwich pick. Um, yeah. In uh, in this, you made I, out of that OC. list, I, I would take Drinkwitz. I think Drinkwitz is a pretty gifted offensive mind. Um, he's recruited well so far. Uh, I think we've seen exactly who. Well, I would take Drinkwitz over Pittman, and you know, I would take him over Pruitt. Sorry, Sully. I'm taking Pruitt. He's an Alabama native. Uh, would mean he he'd crawl from the foothills of Northeast Alabama to Tuscaloosa for that job. And uh, I hate to tell you that, Sully, but he he would leave your uh, Vols high and dry to come take that job. I don't think he'd be very good in that job, but everybody should at least be pretty good in that job. And who knows? Maybe we have prejudged young coach Pruitt, and he is just going to hit his stride and flower, and the Vols are going to become a power, and he will establish himself amongst the hierarchy of coaches out there. Uh, well, I would take uh, Derek Mason, I guess. I mean, that that loss in the Texas Bowl in 2018 was enough to be pretty excited. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to judge anyone at Vanderbilt. It really is. I mean, it is his best years. He had two six and six seasons. They went six and seven, lost the bowl games. It's tough. And then Pittman, I don't know. I like Pittman. But we'll see. The, the uh, AD right, at Vanderbilt do... like didn't fire Mason, but fired the fairly successful basketball coach. That was the most baffling SEC thing of all time to me. Like he didn't he didn't last. Let's very ride long out the, the mediocre football coach. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But he did turn like his office into like a nightclub, basically. Like <laughs> why uh, did like they fire Bryce Drew? I didn't understand that. What was that? <laughs> I don't know. It's like one one year. I didn't understand any of that. Yeah, he went zero and eighteen in the league. It's it's never I good mean, to lo- lose a lot, but yeah. Yeah, but it was, he had that Garland guy get hurt. But yeah, that was weird. It was, it was weird. And then like, yeah, we're going to stick with Derek. All right, let's do uh, quickly uh, win totals uh, over under Vanderbilt three wins. Can they do it? They get the Mercer Bears coming in. There's one, maybe. And they win three at K State and they're playing Colorado State visiting. And Louisiana they got Tech, Tech also. Yeah. Nobody, no say- Vandy fans listen. So. <laughs> I'm going to say they win four. They don't win. They don't win three. They don't win two. They're going to win four. Uh, yeah, they'll take three of the four non-conference, and you know they'll skeech out one somewhere else, whether it's Ole Miss or South Carolina, uh, something like that. Get to four. I'm, I'm never buying the hype uh, from on from Derek Mason again, though. I, he his his bluster at last year's SEC media days was so over the top about how good they were going to be that I thought, man, you can't talk that much and and not be good. And then they went three and nine. So they, they get the over, but they, they don't win more than four. See, that's why I skipped media days. I didn't want to hear that bluster and rhetoric. They're going under three. Louisiana Tech's a better program than they are right now. Uh, Colorado State is rebuilding and they stink. I just, I don't see it, man. I think, uh, I think it will be a test of their billion dollar endowment worth the pandemic, whether to fire Derek or not. And they lose that home field advantage if the crowd isn't, you know, if you only can get 20,000. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, they're yeah, the SEC same. team most prepared guys, to play in front of twenty thousand yes. fans. <laughs> yes, exactly. Then uh, I'll go under. All right, Arkansas Fighting Pittmans get uh, three and a half. Their non-conference is uh, Monroe, Charleston Southern, 
Uh, Notre Dame and Nevada. Three and a half is the number. Yeah. Don't don't jump with too much excitement about this Razorback season. This is why Under. we need Coach Paterno back. Paterno, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Paterno. Under, under, under. Terrible program in terrible shape right now, and they're not going to win a conference game because they're in the SEC West. So, no, under. Definitely taking the under. I mean, that what a what a, like a mishmash, weird combination of coaches. You got Pittman over match. You got Kendall Bryles, who keeps getting coaches fired uh, as the OC. I uh, I am not a believer in that Arkansas ship right now. How do you say he's overmatched? He hasn't coached one game yet. He's Even the spring game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He, I, I, just, I will not man. let Sam Pittman be desecrated on this. <laughs> <laughs> Missouri, five wins over under. They get Central Arkansas, Eastern Michigan. They got Louisiana. Uh, Louisiana and, and BYU. They're at BYU. Oh, BYU. Going to squeak out the over, and they're going to get six and go to, you know, the Weed Eater Bowl. Uh, they, you know, Drinkwitz, they will just be a better coached offensive team. I don't think they're going to be a very good team. They've got questions at quarterback. Sean Robinson, transfer from TCU, probably needs to step in and be good. Uh, offensive line has to be rebuilt for the most part. Wide receivers rebuilt. But I think they get, they get better coaching, and the schedule, as usual, is pretty – uh, gettable. So they get six. Take the over. They should start 4-0. They'll certainly be favored in the first four games to start. So I, I got a feeling they can uh, they can slog their way to uh, six, probably beating Arkansas in the last game. Louisiana is a salty little uh, November game. That is not your typical SEC late season cupcake. No, but that's true. Yeah, I think it would be interesting because they he beat I believe Drinkus beat Napier twice in the Sun Belt last year, both in the regular season and the conference title game, if I'm right. I'll take over to Ole Miss, five, five and a half, the lane train. They're playing Baylor, Southeast Missouri. UConn is coming to Oxford, a good regional rivalry. Georgia Southern. Five and a half is the number. Or no, yeah, five, five and, and a half. half. Baylor's gettable in that first game if they have it in Houston, pandemic central. Uh Southeast Missouri, they can win. Two, 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 three, three and three, three and four, four and four, four and five, five and five, six and five. And then we see if Elijah Moore scores the winning touchdown without pretending to urinate in the Egg Bowl. Uh, they are going to have the over. They're going to have six. Boy, that is a soft schedule. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the under. Uh, as much as I love saying John Reese Plumley, uh, I feel like. They're, this is where the, the recruiting years when they were under these sanctions started to atrophy. And I, and I feel like, especially defensively, they're just not going to have SEC level, uh, high-end SEC-level athletes in depth. So I feel like it's a bit of a struggle for the lane drain early on. And I'm taking over. I think this is easy. I think they beat Baylor. I think they beat Southeast Missouri. They beat Vandy, UConn, Arkansas, and Georgia Southern. And they're at six without even getting to the Egg Bowl. So that's what I'm taking. Uh, South Carolina, five and a half. Yeah, they play Clemson. Coastal and then East Carolina, both at home in Columbia. And then obviously they're at Clemson late. And yeah, Wofford's their appetizer. So they're going to go three and one non-con, probably. Not much traction in the SEC. I'll take the under there. Uh, Ryan Halinski, a lot of talented quarterback, played really pretty well for them. But they're losing a lot of other stuff. Um both lines need some work. Uh, I, the wide receiver core needs a little bit of work. So I, I say 
they win five at best, and Will Marshall or Will Marshall Will Muschamp is gone. Yeah, as much as as you guys know, I hate to agree with Pat. I, I think I think unders the unders the play here. Uh, Save us, Mike Bobo is kind of their uh, their rallying cry this year. Um, the the forty second different offense coordinator Will Muschamp's had in his uh, seven or eight year head, career as a head coach. Yeah, I, I do think Kalinsky's talented. They'll miss Javon Kinlaw. Boy, he was like a generational player for South Carolina on that defensive line, and I don't see it. I'll go under Mississippi State six and a half. Miss State, non-con is uh, New Mexico at home at NC State. They get Tulane at home and Alabama a and I'm not seeing six and a half. Total scheme change. Leach won't even mind if, they, if he has to burn it down for a year and rebuild it. They do get K.J. Costello as the transfer quarterback, which – you know, gives you a little bit of hope that maybe you can plug in and and play a totally different way. But I say it it, it takes another year before they really kind of get into what Leach wants to do after what Joe Moorhead wanted to do, uh, and they are not winning six and a half. I think the big variable with them is like how the players connect with Leach because there was clearly some disconnect in the spring after that horrible tweet with the new Senate. Mike Leach's offense is predicated on rhythm and timing, and so they will not have much rhythm and timing. But they do have good skill. I mean, th- these are the later years of Mullins recruiting when when things went as well as they ever have there. So I think, look, Leach is nothing if not a winner and a consistent winner, and I think Leach just kind of figures it out, and I think they hit the over. You know, they're at Kentucky. I don't know. God, this is a tough one. I would not bet this. I guess I'm going to say they're going to beat Ole Miss, so I'd maybe get them to seven. In Arkansas, they'd have to beat Missouri or Ole Miss, in my opinion, to get there. I, I think, or maybe they got to beat them both. I don't know. Anyway, who knows? I can't remember now. I'm on to Kentucky. I'll take the over. Kentucky seven wins over under. They're playing Eastern Michigan, Kent State, Eastern Illinois. Oh, Louisville. They got to play Louisville. Yeah, at Louisville. Seven wins. Boy, tough. They're going to be five and two, I think, going into the back part of the schedule. That's there's there's some toss up games, I think, in there. Three of the last five are on the road. Let's say you you do not win all of those. You drop at least one. Uh, But no, I sorry. They're going to get to eight. I think I'll give Kentucky eight and uh, give them the over. Okay, eight. I'll give them that, too. I think Kentucky's defense uh, uh, underappreciated. It could be as good as it was two seasons ago. When they obviously had the uh, you know the, the high end NFL picks and and really had that historic season for Kentucky, so I will uh, I will take the over on the Wildcats. Tennessee seven and a half. Sully taking the over, of course. Charlotte 49ers at the OU Sooners. Furman's arriving, and I don't know who they're beating up at the end. Who they got here? Troy. Oh boy, Pat's favorite team. Relegated. <laughs> Not relegated yet. I will uh, I will take the under. Um, I feel like they're uh, they. I think Tennessee obviously finished strong last year. They bring back a good offensive line. I don't think there's enough stable quarterback play um, for them to navigate uh, for them to navigate this stretch and get to eight. So I will uh, I will take the under. I think they're clearly behind Kentucky, and they will uh, get blown out at Oklahoma. I will say they get the over. They win eight. And Vol, Sully, make sure Vol Twitter, you know, the, the jackals over there find out about that, that I'm actually taking the over with the Vols. Um, it, 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 it may come down where I'm like boxing myself in. Like the winner of Kentucky, Tennessee may get to eight and the other one's at seven. But uh, 
I'll say the Vols get to, get there to eight. Literally, Kentucky just determines the <laughs> all of these bets. <laughs> Kentucky's any good? They're all under. Yeah, right. Uh, game is in Knoxville. Maybe I say I think I already picked Kentucky over, which meant I gave him the I don't know. Tennessee over. I'll take them. I'm going to be positive. All my teams are over, so they all like me. All right, Auburn eight and a half. The uh, non-conference for the Auburn Tigers, Alcorn State. They play uh, North Carolina, Southern Miss, and uh, UMass making an appearance down there. That should be a real barn burner. Um, (laughs) Hope UMass is taking all the money. (laughs) You're on an empty campus all year. You know, you're getting pummeled as UMass usually does. And then hopefully if we have a season. Oh, by the way. On November 14th, you got to go to Auburn. Just get your face kicked in. Yeah. Big time ball, baby. Good times. Hey. Glad we're doing it. You know what? They deserve it after what they did last year late in the season at Northwestern. Don't remind me. <laughs> Emotionally <laughs> scarred Pat Forty. Mm-hmm. Can anyway, the, uh, Waffle House get to nine. No, no. Auburn, I, they may be at seven, I think. Tough schedule. Watch out for North Carolina September 12th. They're, you know, they, they, they've got too many tough games in there. They may not get past seven wins. So typical Gus, you know, you start getting a little, little hope last year. You beat Alabama. No, back down the other way. Every time he should, that Arkansas job opens, he has a bad year for not taking it. So I'm taking <laughs> yeah. the under. I'm taking over on the Gus bus. I, I don't know. I'm not as big of a believer in North Carolina when you really dial in on, uh, on how much they've lost. Um, they have the good young quarterback and Mac Brown. And I feel like sometimes like, how teams are doing in recruiting in the offseason like, changes people's perception of them. So, I mean, look, I think Auburn's going to beat Alcorn. I think they'll beat Carolina. I think they'll win at Ole Miss. I think they'll beat Southern Miss. And I still think they're better than Kentucky. So, at that point, you can find four wins. Because one's UMass, too. And they got Arkansas. All right, LSU with nine wins. They're playing San Antonio. Playing the Longhorns are coming to Baton Rouge. They get Rice in Houston. And they play Nichols at home. I think Nichols takes them out. No, <laughs> yeah, they're gonna get. They're gonna win ten. I think they'll lose at Florida. They'll lose to Alabama, and they win the rest. I think. I think that's a ten and two team. May that the nine and three. I, I do think A and M. I think all right. All comes down to the last game against Texas A and M. They're gonna be sitting there nine and two when they go to College Station. I do think A and M's due for a good year. So maybe maybe they just push that number. If the number's nine, uh, I'll take a push on LSU. It's fascinating referendum on Ed Orgeron without Joe Burrow um, and a lot of skill and talent gone on both sides of the ball. Historic losses. His record against, you know, top 10 opponents has been ridiculous. All that said, I do think that they will struggle a little bit without Burrow. So I'm going to take the push on uh, LSU. I'm taking the over. They are doing tremendous in the Fauci Cup standings. We still have herd immunity before UTSA even shows up. So I'm taking that. All right. So as Pat mentioned, that AM LSU game is the big one at the end. Uh, obviously, we had guys getting punched in a pacemaker and stuff like that in the past. But uh, <laughs> Vegas seems to be favoring AM here. AM's at nine and a half wins. So there's your half win. Texas AM plays Abilene Christian, North Texas, Colorado, and Fresno. Yep, and all of them, all of them at home. So, I, I think this is set up for AM. They they have no excuses this year. Uh, you win ten, or you ask why you pay Jimbo Fisher seventy five million. So they get to ten. They're they're ten and two, maybe even eleven and one. But they don't beat Bama. 
Yeah, I think I think I got to take the over here. They obviously have experience back at quarterback. They're they're much more talented on defense than they've been. They let Mike Elko hire a, an extra assistant coach to help them with scheme some. I think it's all set up and teed up for this year. I mean, they're trading like Clemson for Colorado on the schedule. So, yeah, like I mean, their first big test is at Auburn on October 17th. So, and Jimbo Fisher still knows how to call plays. He has somewhat been like napping at the end of Florida state and then at, at A&M. But, but I think this is about as easy of an sec schedule as you can possibly conjure um, up until uh, up until late November. Yeah, absolutely. His this is it. Dreams, dream season for A&M third year. He's there. I mean, at, at Auburn is it. I mean, at Mississippi state, that's it. I mean, that's at South Carolina. They should be they should be ten and zero going into the Bama game. So I'm obviously going to take them, and then I, I don't know what LSU brings to the table at the end. So I think that's a pretty nice little uh, nice little bet. All right, we got Georgia getting ten wins. Georgia's uh, non conference Virginia in Atlanta, uh, Eastern Tennessee. The Monroe shows up, and uh, Georgia Tech, of course, at the end at home. Boy, who wins the cocktail party game? That's that's your swing game there because Florida's a over under of ten as well. I'm going to take the Bulldogs there. I, I know I've made a case for Mullen catching up with them, and I, I think they're closing, but I still think I, I'd give Georgia the edge. So Georgia is eleven and one with the loss at Alabama, and even then, think about this: that hundred one thousand at Bryant Denny on September nineteenth, not going to be hundred one thousand. How tough's it going to be? We'll see. But they might even be able to sneak that one out. So Georgia over. Taking Georgia under. I'm not a believer in Jamie Newman, the quarterback. We obviously don't know if JT Daniels gets uh, immediate eligibility, although the NCAA is handing out immediate eligibility like they're, uh, you know, comedy flyers in Times Square these days. So um, I, I just think new OC needed change at OC. Um, but I, uh, I, I think – the the lack of high end talent at receiver still scares me there, and uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Georgia takes a step back this year. I'm going to pick Florida in this game at the cocktail party, so I'm going to take them as the as an under or a push. Uh, I don't think they beat Bama and Bama, but that's man, they got a chance. Those are really the only two games that that scare me uh, for Georgia. Uh, all right, Florida's uh, also ten, as Pat alluded to. Eastern Washington, South Alabama. Uh, who else we got? New Mexico State. The Knowles. Oh, yeah. F FSU. Yeah, of course. I'm like looking around in there. Ten. Push, I think. Uh, you know, don't have to between... play Alabama. They don't have to play. They got LSU, nope. of course, at home. They got LSU. They got Georgia. They're at Florida State, at Tennessee. You just you have a bad day at either one of those. You might lose that. So even if you beat LSU in the swamp, I think you end up at ten. I'm going over. Uh, love the defense. Best potential cornerback pairing in the country. Let's grant them be a little funky and creative. I think M Mullen and Kyle Trask are kind of a match made in heaven. And, uh, you know, the, the recruiting momentum from Mullen's filling in, they're going to be more talented. So I, I think it's a, a year of the Gator. Yeah, I like I like them over. Knowles don't scare me for, the, for, for, for UF. So I'll take Florida. All right, finally, Alabama. And I guess this is it. We'd be deciding... Alabama and Florida would be playing in the SEC championship game, according to this, or maybe Georgia. I don't know. I guess that's going to be it. Bama's 10 and a half on these 12 games. You got USC in Arlington, uh, Georgia State, 
Kent State, the, the alma mater of Nick Saban. And then UT Martin, the Skyhawks, are coming to town in November. Well, despite the, you know, annual Big Ten deriding of Alabama's schedule, you got USC neutral field. And when you schedule that, it's USC. You've got Georgia coming in. You're at LSU. You've got a good AM team at the end, and you've got Auburn. Uh, that's a pretty good schedule. That said, it's Bama. Over. Yeah, bet on Bama. It was like that that Super Bowl the Patriots lost, and people think, who do you want? I was like, I'm going to take Tom Brady over Nick Foles every single time. I'm just going to take Saban. I'm going to take Saban until it's obvious. The special bet of the decade will be in that opener against USC because it's been a off. Like, nobody wins the offseason these days like USC, right? Oh, yeah. they got some transfers. Oh, they got this. Do you never, ever, ever bet against Saban in openers? No. Ever. Never. Never. So no, I'm I'm all I'm all team saving until proven differently. Yeah, ten and a half. They're if they ain't twelve and zero, they're eleven and one. But I, I think they're yeah. twelve and zero. I think this is your there's there's Bama. I don't I don't think this this lines up as bad. We'll see what happens in uh, Atlanta on December fifth or December twelfth or whenever they might play it. Of course, all of this is predicated on us actually having a season. All right, this podcast is droned on and on because this is the SEC and there's uh, just more to discuss. It just means more. So thank you for listening. Uh, give us a nice rating. Subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends about this podcast. Uh, listenership is booming, and we are ready for the 2020 season, even if the 2020 season may or may not be ready for us. Uh, talk to you all next time. I'm Mike Lizikoff, Chief Investigative Correspondent for Yahoo News. And I'm Dan Clydman, Editor-in-Chief of Yahoo News. We're the hosts of Skullduggery, a podcast that not only breaks down the news, but also breaks news. We deliver authoritative analysis while drawing intriguing historical parallels from our decades of covering D.C. scandals. With our current focus on the president and his administration's handling of the coronavirus, to the 2020 elections, we interview those helping to shape the stories. So subscribe to and download Skullduggery wherever you listen to your podcasts and be sure to follow us on social media at Skullduggery Pod.